You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm writer, filmmaker, and book devourer, Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, actress, filmmaker, and e-reader. This episode, we're talking about reading as self-care and interviewing author and podcaster Anne Bogle. But first... What are you reading, Bria? I am reading Anne Bogle's book. Oh, that's convenient. Yeah, I know. It's very convenient. (laughs) Well, we were sent copies and... Of a very cute book. Then you interviewed her. Unfortunately, I was not able to be there due to some extenuating circumstances. But I am in the process of reading her book, which is called I'd Rather Be Reading The Delights and Dilemmas of the Reading Life. It is... So here's here's my so I've read I've read probably about a third of it so far. It is the exact kind of book you can keep anywhere in your house and sort of pick up and read a chapter. The chapters are two to five pages long. They may be longer than that. They don't feel longer than that. They read really quickly. Um, and as you know, it's like little it's like a little bitty book. It's really cute. It's like a little cute book. It's a book you want to buy so you can just take an Instagram photo of it. It's that's actually very I haven't taken an Instagram photo of it. I Rhea, should you're always talking about you want more uh reading Books Instagram on my Instagram. Photos. I know it really should. Um I think if you like this podcast you will love this book. It yeah, is basically designed it is basically our podcast in book form. But with no swears. But with no swears and less, like, bathroom humor. <laughs> it's our podcast that you can share with your grandma. Yeah. It's really cute. It um, There was one chapter, just to give you, like, a little insight, about how when she was younger, she moved into a house next to a library and how important the library was to her Aww. and her young children because she had these young kids and sometimes she would see the person who working behind the desk more than she, like, saw you know, her significant other that day or something, you know? So just, like, about various reading things. And then just... You know, books about that change your life, books that make you cry, and like how cool that is. It's just like a really nice book, book. And if you have like I a love book, a good lover, book, book. I'm not be. I'm totally not even fucking being facetious. Like I love books about books. I actually really love when uh, people say phrases that you're like, it's not a computer, it's a computer, computer, and that means it's like the thing that you're saying. Yes. Do you know what I'm saying? Like yes. the semantics of that is yeah. so weird to me. Well, it's like that meme. It's like I heard you like books. We got you a book about books. And reading. <laughs> That's exactly what this is. It's a yeah. book about books. It's a it's a perfect book for I'm gonna give you some places. The bathtub. Maybe a bathroom. I know how you feel about that. Um a gift. It's like a really good gift. Good, yeah, a good gift for the reader in your life. And then also I just had mine next to my computer and I was like doing some uploading and I was just like reading chapters, you know, and putting it down and doing some more uploading stuff and then moving up. If it's you have like a book podcast that. that you need to work on on your computer, buy this book <laughs> yeah. and leave if it next to your computer. you're editing a book podcast and you need to upload it, you need to read more about books while you're doing a book podcast. What are you reading, Mallory? Uh, I am reading a book that was given to us by our friend Ross Blotcher from Oh No, Ross and Carrie, who was on the show. He gave us that? No, it's for me. Okay. okay. <laughs> well, Ross came to my Rude. surprise birthday party a few weeks ago. <laughs> oh, I didn't go to that. Um, but Sean did. Sean manned the confetti cannons. It was very nice. I heard he did great. He did great. Um, but it was really cool because when we interviewed Ross for the show, he said this was the book that he said he would give to people, and he gave it to me for my birthday. Oh, that's really funny. <laughs> so it's called Mistakes Were Made But Not By Me by Carol Tavares and Elliot Aronson. And it's basic. It's a nonfiction book. It's all about cognitive dissonance and the ways that we justify things that we do and, like, tell ourselves a story and, like, you know, justify bad things that we do and beliefs that we have and why people do things that seem completely illogical. But to the, to the people, it seems totally fine. I've actually talked about this book, uh, even though I've never read it, you to should read various it. people because I'm like, oh, yeah, there's this book about that. Where it's like, it's because it's like, I don't know if this is in the book, but like the like a politician who like denounces like 
non-family values but is having an affair on the side. Yes. Right? It's like you can have this total, like, disconnect from what you preach. And they talk about how it's not like lying because the person actually believes it and how those belief systems start out, start out small. It's fucking amazing and totally blowing my mind. I'm already, I become like that weird book hawker lady where I'm like, hey, you, you should read this book. This book is so good. (laughs) It's incredible. Thank you very much, Ross. I am enjoying it very much. And uh, so, yeah, that's, I'm reading Mistakes Were Made But Not By Me by Carol Tavares and Elliot Aronson. And I'm reading uh, I'd Rather Be Reading by Ann Bogle. So we're going to take a moment to answer a recommendation request from someone who'd like to be kept anonymous. They say, I was wondering if you have any book recommendations for people going through a quarter-life crisis who, despite somewhat achieving things, constantly feel anxious about what they're doing with their life and how they could possibly get everything done when time's to, time seems to be getting away from them. Bria, what should they read? Uh, so I asked an anxious person, person about this. We have a whole secret network of anxious But it wasn't people. you. <laughs> I know. I was surprised. I was like, who else is your who? anxious? Who's your go-to anxious person? <laughs> who could you have asked? Who said the Tibetan book of living and dying? Um, and, and he I know said, who you asked. Yeah, yeah, and this yeah. is so appropriate. So he said, since a lot of anxiety can be rooted in the idea that life isn't permanent, this could be good. But um, one time I tried to read it, me personally, and... Uh, I got too sad about it, and I didn't finish it. So I never finished this book. But you're not a super anxious person. No, but wouldn't it make an anxious person? Well, I don't know. You're right. Maybe it's like— I'm a very anxious person, and you know what makes me feel better when I'm anxious? Thinking about the fact that I'm going to die. Okay. No joke. I'm like, you know what? It's cool. We're all going to die. And it totally calms me down. Well, then maybe this is a good book. Um, This person also told me Monkey Mind by Daniel Smith, which looks into how we evolve too fast for our brains to keep up with. But— so that's like an interesting way to like under it's a similar idea, right? You're understanding uh, that your br- this is why your we brain have is behaving this way. Too many feelings for our monkey brains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your brain is behaving like this way for a reason. And I had one other suggestion, actually, one other suggestion, which is Anna Akana's book. Oh, uh, um, so much I want to tell you. Letters to my little sister because. She talks real openly about being an ambitious person in her early 20s. And Anna is very ambitious. And she's very ambitious and she's accomplished a lot, but she just, it's, I think she's, I mean, I think following her generally on social media is really helpful for me, a person in my mid-30s, because I can see, like, because she's very open about her journey and, like, she seems like the most successful person I know, and then she'll talk about, like, feeling bad about herself, which I think is really good. But what I want to say to this anonymous person, (laughs) which... Uh, you probably didn't tune into this podcast for this, but I just want to say, you are enough. You don't have to achieve anything. Nothing is getting away from you, and just remember you're exactly where you're supposed to be. You can't be anywhere else. Listening to to this podcast. (laughs) You have to be listening to this podcast in this moment, and you're not going to be able to change anything by worrying about it, which I know doesn't help anxiety, but it is one way to look at things, and I'm just letting you know, person, if you're listening. We care about you, and you're okay. You're enough. You're doing great. You are doing great. What do you suggest, Mallory? Uh, well, first off, I talk on the show and on I talk everywhere on social media. I write about it. I, I talk a lot about how I struggle. Not st- I, I try not to say struggle. Manage my generalized anxiety disorder basically every day. Uh, so as one anxious person to another, I feel you. Um, my boyfriend likes to say that I'm only bad at one thing, and that's not being anxious. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, Mallory, you're so good at things, except for enjoying them. (laughs) Uh, So even when things are going really, really well in my life and I'm getting shit done, like I often feel like I'm just filled with what I call misery static. Like it, like, you know, when you turn on TV and you see all like the static, like that's what it feels like is in my, my veins. I don't know if there's static on TV anymore. 
I don't even have an actual television, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> I feel like that's like a thing from the 80s. I wonder if people know what I'm talking about. They do. It's on TV. Yeah. There's TVs <laughs> on TV with static. <laughs> but so you have that in your veins. Yes, and that's what it feels like. Even when I feel like I like I'm doing all I got all my stuff done, I'm doing well, everything's fine. I still feel like I'm going crazy. Um, because that's what anxiety likes to lie to you. Mm-hmm. Yay. Uh so first off, um, uh there was a book recently released by our friends over at Little Brown uh, called Okay, Fine, Whatever by Courtney Hemeister. And it's a great memoir about being filled with anxiety despite being really successful and the author's journey to make that a little better and not a lot better. House, I want, I have that in my house. It's wicked fun because she goes through a whole year of doing things that make her afraid. Mm. And one of the things she does is she goes to a professional cuddler because that scares the shit out of her. And I had an, I get so nervous about, you know how I am with people touching me that I don't know. Uh, It gave me, reading that chapter gave me an anxiety attack. So skip something that is pick and choose in that collection, but it's really good. It's really funny. Uh, also, for fiction, check out Fangirl by Rainbow Rowell. Uh, the main character in that has anxiety and is, like, trying to get her shit together with her life. Hmm. So, uh, you know, a little fiction story. But also, another message from us, for me, like, I have my shit together. I totally do. Anyone who meets me, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I have my own shit together. I still feel like I'm filled with misery all the time. It's it's. I go to therapy. I manage it. I read. I have deal with my friends and have a great support system but it's just like a thing you're okay even if you're in this place this place and you feel like you're not doing well and you're feeling you're like you're failing yourself because you have anxiety you're not you're not failing you're doing great you are winning we're really proud of you and we care about your anxiety yeah and i think recognizing your anxiety is actually like even we're even more proud of you like recognizing that you have you know that you're you're having this issue like seeing that within yourself oh totally and it's something that helps me all the time especially like with my partner alan will just look at me and be like you're anxious aren't you and i'm like ah yes (laughs) i look like Gollum, you know like (laughs) like freaking out and it's just you know it's just it doesn't mean that you're broken. It doesn't mean that you're wrong. It doesn't mean that you're bad. It's just having anxiety is like having brown hair or blue eyes. It's just like a part of you, and it's okay. So you can always email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Um, Quick bookmark. Oh. I want to do a check-in on how people's New Year's book resolutions are going. I want to do an episode on this. I haven't told you. I want to do an episode it's on September. this. September. <laughs> I know. So we're getting close I, to that. What was our... I don't even remember what my Mine were... Was. Post something on Instagram about the books I'm reading. Failed. Ooh, big yikes. fail. And then I'm doing the book challenge, the book riot oh. challenge. Oh, yeah, yeah, I had another one. Now I don't remember what it was. But that's the one I know about. And I'm like maybe three-fourths of the way done with that. But I think we should do a follow-up. Yeah. If you want to email us about that, I want to hear Check how in. your book resolutions are going. And I'm going to talk about mine, too. So send that our way. I think I'm doing okay. I wanted to read more widely, and I have. Uh, I wanted to track my books, my reading a little less stringently, and I did. Uh, I'm I'm like 120 books into the year, and I think I'm doing good. I don't know what number. I haven't been keeping up with the number. Oh, I, well, I have. I still I track. I have my little journal, but well, yeah. We let's do a let's do an episode all about this. Oh, and I had one other thing, which is um, that. We we love when you write us iTunes reviews. It helps us. Everyone helps talks us about this. So but we much. want to ask for specific iTunes reviews. We want you to tell us what you're reading currently or what book you would gift to somebody. And we will read it on the show. And we'll read it on the show. So we'll read your iTunes reviews. I know reviews. we're almost, we're getting close to 500. Holy shit. It's amazing. So if you're listening to this episode, hot off the press, literally <laughs> is only uh, applies to the day that this episode comes out. Hours but- away. 
hours away. We're doing our live stream tonight. If you go to the Facebook group or uh, I'm posting it on the um, Twitter feed and on the Instagram feed. And if you don't have any social media, just email me and I'll happily send you the link. It's a Google Hangout. It's open for everybody. It's we read God's Mon- uh, God's Monsters and the Lucky Peach by Kelly Robson. So from 6 to 7 tonight, PST, Pacific Time. I don't know what the S stands for. Pacific Silly time. Pacific silly time. Pacific That's, silly time. We're always on Pacific silly time, Maria. <laughs> uh, come hang out with us tonight. Uh, it'll be a live video stream. You can chat with us in the comments. You can ask us questions. We can talk about the book. And, and we're also going to do some uh, unboxings. Yes. We, we have, have some things that you guys have sent us. We want to show them on the air. Yes. So, um, yeah. So, so tune in. Tune in tonight. Yeah. Uh, so before we talk about reading a self Reading Glasses is supported by Mislexia Magazine, the UK's best-selling magazine for women who write. Read by top authors and absolute beginners, no other magazine provides Mislexia's unique mix of inspirational and thought-provoking articles, craft advice, reviews, and interviews, as well as extensive listings for writing competitions, open submission slots, courses, and grants. To top it off, every issue comes with a series of poems and short stories from one of the best women writers working today. In upcoming issue 79, there is exclusive writing from the Scottish Poet Laureate Jackie Kay, Ruby Tando from the great British Baking Show, who I love, activist and author of Eat Up, tells us what she's reading, which is a question we love to ask on this show. So check it out. For 25% off a digital subscription to the magazine, visit mislexia.co.uk. That's M-S-L-E-X-I-A dot C-O UK and enter the code GLASSES25 at checkout. Check it out. Seems like a really cool thing. Listen, we already know that you love genre movies, film craft, and female filmmakers. So if you love all those things, then by transitive property, you love my podcast, Switchblade Sisters. Hi, I'm film critic April Wolf. Every week, I have a conversation with a different female filmmaker about their favorite genre film. Each episode covers the filmmaking process, working in the film industry, and just like general geeking out about awesome movies. I've had such great guests like the big sick writer Emily Gordon. To me, indie movies as of late have come to be a catch-all term for a movie that kind of defies genre. Billy Madison and half-baked director Tamara Davis. When a comedian comes and enters onto my set, they're they're just there to be funny and we're all ready and waiting for them to be funny. Horror industry veteran and actor Barbara Crampton. That's where real drama lies for me. What's What's between you and I speaking right now? Where, where are we meeting? And what's the energy that we create between us? And so many others. So check out Switchblade Sisters every Thursday on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. This week, it's all about reading is self-care. It's kind of great that we did that anxiety recommendation because this episode is all about taking care of yourself. Who organized this episode? It was me. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone's talking about self-care right now, especially in Instagram where you can post cute pictures of your bath bombs and your yoga mats. And we, we've talked about reading as therapy before, but reading. But what about reading as self-care, like as a regular way to keep your brain happy? Okay, first off, what is self-care? Self-care is an activity that nurtures your mental, emotional, or physical health. We talk about it on the internet all the time. You yeah. know what the fuck we're talking about. Yeah, you're, you, got, wait, you guys are, or you folks are hip on 
internet lingo. Yeah, sometimes it's ex- exercising, sometimes it's taking a bath, sometimes it's refusing to engage with mean people on the internet. Yes. So I, I think the, the important thing about this episode is that we talk a lot about, like, getting reading done. Like, it's a chore or an exercise, and people feel a lot of guilt around, oh, my TBR is so so big. Oh, I've only read this many books. Oh, I'm behind on this. Stimulating your brain and learning can definitely be parts of self-care, but so can relaxing. Like, reading doesn't have to be an intense activity that you have to get done. You can incorporate reading into your, your relaxation self-care routine, too. Bria, what part does reading take in your self-care routine? Uh, well, my favorite self-care activity is putting on, like, one of those masks. I like the toilet paper I was picturing you as Michael Myers from, Hawa- yeah, from yeah. Halloween. <laughs> Going to the store, buying a real creepy mask. <laughs> <laughs> and sitting in my tub like a serial killer and holding a big knife. <laughs> with no water in it. Just, <laughs> just fill it with jello. <laughs> just fill it with jello and get real cozy. <laughs> What if my self-care routine was really weird? Would you make fun of me? We aren't allowed to make fun of me. Self-care is such a, like, buzzy thing that it's I feel so like you're, sacred. like, you're not allowed to, you're like, that's your self-care. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah, it dresses fine. Like a, up like a serial killer and sits in a tub. Like, it's, can't say anything. No, I like those masks that you get at, um, The sheet masks. Yeah, sheet masks that look like toilet paper. Or I like ones that are. <laughs> like a teenager came and threw something on your face. It truly looks like I, like, just, you wrap your face. Or, like, you know, like, you're a teenager. Not a teenager. Yeah, a teenager or a kid, and you're like, I'm going to dress as a mummy, and you just wrap toilet paper. <laughs> Your face. Yes. That is what I like. <laughs> or like a, a mud mask. I'll do either. I'm big into a mud mask too. Um, and then it sit in the tub and read. Um, but I think I, I, <laughs> as a, not the non-anxious person in this group who always feels like I'm doing what I should be doing, but probably I'm not doing enough really when I actually look at my life. Um, <laughs> um, I do a little daily self-care because I give myself time to read every night. And I really love reading, and I know it makes me feel better, and it relaxes me. I love um, checking a book off a list. Like, that makes me very happy when I read a book. And so, like, I think allowing myself that time to read uh, makes me really happy. They just did this whole episode of Happier in Hollywood. If people are in L.A., I actually think this is a great show. Uh, Where they talk about self-care and how, like, puttering around your house can be... A form of self care, which I thought was really oh, interesting. I'm a big putter. You big putter. I can I love see. A I can see that. Putter. Yeah, just like I'm basically puttering. 85, anyways. So it's it really fits in with my my whole vibe. Um. So yeah, I think simply like sometimes just letting myself finish a book in the daytime when I should be doing something else because it's due back to the library, which gives me like makes me nervous when I know it's due back to the library in like two days. I'm like, I got to finish this book. Like this is residual leftover grad school guilt where I'm like, <laughs> I have to finish this book from grad school and I have 300 more pages to read. Um, It's not something that has to be done. Like I can just return the book to the library. It's no big deal, but it makes me feel better. And so I think like doing these things that I know make me feel better are like my form of self-care. What about you? Uh, unsurprisingly, I use reading both to stimulate my brain and relax it. It's kind of funny. your cocaine and your heroin. Yes. Well, it's funny. It's like, ooh, read all day. Better relax with a book. (laughs) Uh, So the difference for me is usually where I'm reading. Uh, When it's time for me to relax and do some self-care, I am a big tub reader. I do like a serial killer mask. Um, and I really make a time of it, like bath bomb. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hot off the press. (laughs) What about one of those bath masks that looks like has like a Jason hockey mask. Oh my god, on Bria, it. we're gonna be millionaires! You know what? I'm bringing this up, and my friend Cassandra, I think, already pitched this idea to me, and I'm just Bria, too we are gonna be millionaires. No, you know what? She already pitched it. She already pitched it. <laughs> well, yeah, I get. I like a bath bomb. I like a glass of bourbon. 
being in a bourbon, mm-hmm. uh, music going, like the whole works, or I'll read in bed, like basically anywhere that's far away from my work area, like for my and for my work breaks during the day, because you know everyone knows I work from home. Uh, I use reading as an excuse to go outside for like fifteen to twenty minutes and read on our porch and not completely turn into a mole person. I think for me, um, a, a big part of reading is my self care. Definitely keeps a bunch of my health stuff in line. You know, just like seeing the sun. Sure, it's good. It's good to see the sun once a day. Actually, it's really good for your your uh, your body clock. Yes. So, what kind of stuff do you read for self care? Do you have specific self care books? I do, and it's actually it would surprise you. For me, it's comics. It's the same for me. It's so funny. I saw we keep a doc, and I saw that on your doc, and I was like, I don't know what mine is. And then when you wrote that, I was like, oh, that is what it is for me too. Yeah. So as a writer, I spend a lot of my day looking at black words on white paper on screens. Or screens. Uh, so when I'm super stressed and need reading to help me relax, I actually really like comics. So like, And I'm such a motivated reader, so sometimes I'm the same way. I get caught up in making sure I read enough for the day. So reading comics is a nice like break from that for me because mm-hmm. it's like literally a different format. Like They're cool. They're fun. You know, I grab a pile of comic volumes I've been re- meaning to read and a cocktail and my cat. And like, that's my favorite way to relax. And you just, because it doesn't, it feels like, I mean, because we're talking about tr- trying to not look at reading as like something you have to get done. But Folks, we're like we're guilty of that same feeling. It's hard to break out of that. So when I feel like I'm reading reading too hard or like I'm writing them on a deadline, like comic, I don't feel like I need to pound like power through a comic as much as I do when I'm in a book. It right. just feels like a more leisurely fun reading experience. Also you you can power through a comic a little bit easier too. <laughs> yeah. I, but I agree. Like my number one like a real like indulgence for me is going to a comic book store and like buying a trade and then going to like a coffee shop or somewhere, especially if I'm like uh, in a town that I don't live in because I often work in places I don't you're, live. You know, you're a serial killer. I'm a serial or... killer and I have my mask with me, but <laughs> but I'm not ready to put it on yet. It's not nighttime. So uh, it's not nighttime. So I got to kill some time. Kill some time. Uh, <laughs> oh, Sean just like really cringed at that one. Oh, you hated it? That was good. I just watching Sean just wince at our terrible jokes. Uh, but yeah, I like to go and just like go to a coffee shop or go to a, go eat lunch by myself and like read a comic book is like such a great indulgence for me. Oh yeah, and I feel like it's just like a fun. A, that's just a fun afternoon. Oh, I 100 percent agree. And this is our time to remind everyone that like all reading is reading, no matter whether you read to relax and take care of yourself or you're reading to like get reading done. And all reading is real reading. All books are real books, whether it's children's books or comics or romance novels or thick language textbooks. Like you do you. Like, I think I, I want to make sure when people are like, oh, you know, I'm reading a guilty pleasure. I'm reading a romance novel. Like, you don't have to be guilty about that. Like, that's legitimate literature. Yeah, for and sure. And anyone who doesn't say, anyone who says otherwise is a trash baby. Very true. So uh, send your thoughts on reading and self-care to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. And before we talk to author and podcaster Ann Bogle, we're going to take a quick break. Shirts, stickers, patches, posters, tote bags, aprons. Sure. You might have some of these things already, but do they rep your favorite MaxFun shows? We've got brand new items in stock at MaxFunStore.com. So why not stock up on gear that shows off the podcasts you love? MaxFunStore.com. It's good stuff. We swear. So here we are with writer and podcaster, Anne Bogle. Thank you so much for joining us, Anne. Thank you for having me. Anne, what are you reading right now? Oh, like five books at once. 
Awesome. So I'm I'm nerding out on the high cost of free parking because I am obsessed with urban planning, even though I have no training or any knowledge aside from my bookshelves on it. I just finished the new Anne Lamott almost almost everything. I want to call it almost anything, but that's a very different book. And I just started Dear Mrs. Bird. Awesome. That is a great group. So Anne, can you tell us about your upcoming book, I'd Rather Be Reading? Sure. Well, the subtitle is The Delights and Dilemmas of the Reading Life. And it is a book about books, because I know you have many readers who would call that their wheelhouse. And it's for a reader who understands the the wonder of feeling like you picked the exact right book in the at the exact right time and all is right with the world or how wonderful it is to find that character in fiction that you feel really understands you even though they don't actually exist outside anyone's imagination and the pages of a book and also for those who understand the acute sorrow of getting the email from your library that all your favorite most long four holds have come in a hundred miles into your road trip out of town. Oh no. I know. I know. See, if you say, Oh no, then this is your kind of book. Fantastic. So, and this whole episode is all about what part reading plays in our self-care routines. So can you tell us what part reading plays in your? Absolutely. I'm an introvert, a social one, and one who does spend many days talking all the books all day long to other people. But I am an introvert, and reading has long been my favorite escape, my favorite introvert coping strategy, as well as just my favorite hobby and way to relax at the end of the day. Fantastic. So do you have an ideal reading setup? I can be flexible. I have kids field hockey season, baseball season, soccer season, they all just started. So I can read on the sidelines. I can read in the car if I have to, but I definitely prefer a cozy chair and a can of Spindrift or a glass of wine, cup of coffee, depending on the time of day. A blanket doesn't hurt, even though it's still hot around here. I might not want it. I'd like to know I could use it if I want to. And if I'm really going to settle in, I'd like a snack to go with that book. Awesome. Do you ever incorporate books into other parts of your self-care, like bubble baths or spending time in nature? I don't. I love to see photos of people who do take their book into, you know, they hike five miles, they read at the top of the hill, they hike five miles back. I don't do that. When I travel, if I have a nice hotel with a bathtub, then I do really like to take my hopefully paperback hopefully not a book that is too beloved to me, into the bath. But that is definitely an on-the-road self-care kind of thing. I don't think we moved to our new-to-us old house a year and a half ago, and I don't think I've used any of the bathtubs here. Oh, wow. Hopefully. I know some people, <laughs> some people so, like, get it. She cannot be trusted. No, 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 no. I we, we, we talk a lot on reading glasses about the various hazards of tub reading, so we hear you. It's okay. So when you are stressed out, are there a certain type of book or is there an author that like is your comfort read? I like a good novel when I'm stressed out and I want it I want to read about other people's problems and not necessarily ones that remind me of my own. Ooh, that's a good way to de-stress. Just think about stressful stuff happening to other people. Exactly. Do you ever have any reading quirks that you want to share with us like weird reading habits? Well, they're not weird to me, but I think others might differ. <laughs> we promote reading positivity here. So yes, we we love this. Well, aside from the fairly typical, I feel like I'm reading three to 11 books at any one time. 
which that's that's not weird to a lot of people. Um, my the people I live with would tell you that I am quirky about my bookmark choice, and that is that even though I have, so I, it's entirely possible I have a hundred like really lovely bookmarks in my home, but I'm never using those. I'm using like the check on the counter that actually needs to go in the mail or a dollar bill. Or once I used my debit card as a bookmark because it was handy. And then I had to have the bank cancel it and send me a new one because I was reading seven books at the time. And I didn't open that book for another month and I didn't realize what I had done with it. So I've only lost one debit card to my reading habits and nothing disastrous happened there. But um, it's an amazing story. (laughs) I... uh, I'm not sure whether to say thank you or not, <laughs> but it is a good story, but it's a very stressful experience. Although it was really funny to discover it when it finally turned up, but I've learned not to use like that bill that's due next week or that important form that needs to go back to the kid's school. But I am a little surprised at what I tend to grab just because it's handy and put in the book, even when I should really know better by now. That's awesome. Uh, do you have a particular book that you love to give to people? <sighs> Well, on my show, we do literary matchmaking where I recommend three books that are hopefully perfect for that particular reader. So when I'm giving books, I also try to match the book to the reader. I will say lately, I've been giving a whole lot of houseplant nonfiction books out and a standby for a reader who loves reading, but I'm not sure what they might like aside from that is Anne Fadiman's old essay collection, Ex Libris. So I gotta I, I have to do a quick aside here and, and ask you a little bit more about houseplant nonfiction. <laughs> Bring it. Uh, what is houseplant nonfiction? <laughs> oh, okay. I have become a crazy plant lady. I don't know if this is one of those writer things where after spending 10, 20 years only creating things that live in the pages of books, you need to do something tangible with your hands, or if I'm, I don't know, deficient in vitamin D, or if I'm just really trendy and look at Instagram too much. But houseplants are like super friendy right now. They've ne- they've always been a thing, but now they are like a capital T thing. And so there are lots of coffee table books out right now that are really gorgeous and lovely that feature photos of houseplants. And often they mix up how to care for them with here's a photo spread of people who have like 450 houseplants in their home. Wow. If, if you think I need this in my life, my favorite is called Urban Jungle. That is so cool. I've definitely not heard of that. We're going to have to check this out. So speaking of, can we hear a little bit more about your show? Sure. It's called What Should I Read Next? And we talk to a wide variety of guests every week. One of them tells me three books they love, one book they don't, and what they've been reading lately. And I recommend three titles they might want to pick up next. That sounds fantastic. We will link to that. So if any listeners want to check that out. And also, so where can we find you and your book online? My hub on the internet is mostly my blog. It's called Modern Mrs. Darcy. And you can find me there at modernmrsdarcy.com. The podcast is What Should I Read Next? It's on iTunes, hanging out with you guys in arts and culture. And my book is available wherever new books are sold. It's called I'd Rather Be Reading, The Delights and Dilemmas of the Reading Life. You can pick that up at your local independent bookstore, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, Book Depository, wherever you get your books. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us, Anne. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much. Uh, So now it's time to solve a bookish problem from one of our listeners. Lauren writes in, how do you discover comics to read? I find it harder to find comics I will like than books. And I chose this question 
obviously, for this episode. Mallory, what, how would you answer this question? Folks, there's a lot of cool ways to find comics. Like, sometimes just browsing your local comic shop and asking the employees there for recommendations based on what you would like will get you a ton of books. And totally. You don't, and you don't have to like comics to, like, you, you don't have to go in there and list off a bunch of comics to get recommendations from. You could say, hey, I liked this novel, or I liked this TV show, or I liked this movie. Also, pay attention to your favorite uh, book websites. A lot of sites like Book Riot have a dedicated page for comics that keep up with the latest comic news and comic releases and feature recommendation pages as well. Uh, and finally, my favorite way is to just reach out to people you know or your friends or followers online. People love to give opinions on the internet and recommendations, so take advantage of it. Just, like, tweet at us. Tweet at Reading Glasses and we'll retweet your recommendation and, like... Our Twitter followers are amazing. Yeah, they Get really out. go above and beyond when it comes to, like, you'll get at least, like, 20 recommendations. It's recommendations, incredible. Which is rad. Bria, what should, where should Lauren go? Um, I, I'm going to say for anyone starting in comics or doesn't want the commitment of going to a store, like, once a month, go for, start with books that are already out in trade paperback or ones that are just graphic novels, like, ready to go. So, like, don't feel like you have to go to the store every month. This is something that limited me from reading comics for a long time. Because oh, the issue thing is really intimidating. It is, especially because you're like, oh, no, they're on issue three. Like, you know, like, it's like, or they're on issue 27. And, like, yeah, go go for those trade paperbacks. Um, and... I like Mallory said, people who love it, who work at comic book stores, they love comics. And I always ask them what they're reading or what is new or what they think I should get because they're going to name the weird shit that no one else is reading. And you're not bothering them. People who work at comic stores like to talk about comics. And yeah, and just say, like, I want a graphic novel about whatever the thing is that you like. I like science fiction, history, memoir, whatever the category is, they're going to be able to name something because that's like, that's their job. They order comic books all day. They read comic books all day. They would not work in a comic book store. No one gets a job there instead of getting a job at Starbucks. Like, they like comic books. Oh, they yeah. wanted that job. Yeah, nobody's dragged into the world of comics. Um, I've suggest- suggested this one many times on the show, but I feel like Saga is a great series. You can just, like, dive into it. Start at the beginning. There's not that many books. Or, like, go with a classic. Go get a Neil Gaiman book. Go, go like, if you haven't read those, like, real um, historical and cool. Historical? Those foundational, cool comic books, go find those. And they're all in graphic form, graphic novel form. Or some of them are in omnibus form. So there's like, you can buy like, you know, so many issues at the same time. I don't even know how much you're in. They're huge. You can murder and bring it all back around. You can become a serial killer by smashing people <laughs> with them. Because the, the Sandman omnibuses are like 15 pounds. They're crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. And so you can go and just grab one of those and you'll have a ton to read. And also... Don't be scared to be influenced by the art in this. Because if you don't like the art of a book, you may not like the book just because it has such an effect on how you feel about the book. So go and flip through it. And if you're like, oh, I'm like really inspired by this art or I'm not really taken by this art, that can just make or break a comic book. Like go with that gut feeling. And when you're flipping through, find art that really, really inspires you. Really like you can totally judge comics by their covers. You can judge them not by the covers. They're usually done by they're sometimes done by somebody different. But judge them by the judge them by the art. Yeah, don't fear you're not a shallow or uninformed person if you're like browsing the comic book store and pick something up just because you like the art. Yeah, that's true. There have definitely been books that I wasn't that that like impressed by the art. I didn't love the art, but I ended up liking the book. But um, I think going with one that you like, the art is going to be a safer bet. Yeah. 
Uh, so if you want us to solve your reader problem, send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. And as always, we want to thank Danielle and Kathy who run our Facebook group and Chrissy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. Remember that you can buy Reading Glasses tote bags and bookmarks and shirts in the Max Fun store. There's a link in the show notes. Buying merch supports reading glasses and shows off your love of books. We finally got our t-shirts in. They're cool as hell. I didn't get one for Sean because the shirts say, ask me what I'm reading on them. And I know that would give Sean some anxiety. So we we left Sean off. But Alan got one and I got one and you got one. And they're really nice quality. Mm -hmm. They're really cool. Mm -hmm. Somebody asked me what I was reading. I got really excited. Uh, People asked me what I was reading on my Instagram, but no one in real life. Oh, weird. Mm -hmm. Maybe I don't have a friendly face. You would look very friendly, Bria. Mm -hmm. Not we only both look very friendly. <laughs> so if you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. It's really great for us and helps us reach more readers. And, and again, love- please write us the books that you're reading. Current, what are you reading or what would you give to people and we'll read it on the show. Yeah, we'll totally, we'll read the reviews that are great on the show. We got, we got a really, I, I told you about the really hilarious three-star review we got. What was that? The guy who didn't like the music. He was... <laughs> Somebody, yeah. someone should ask my fiance about that. <laughs> yeah, someone he was like, that. the show, the music doesn't have anything to do with the show. And I was like... How? <laughs> the music should just be like books, like being flopped around or something. Just snacks and books. It's <laughs> like okay, whatever. It's a song about books. That'd be really. Sean, cute. write us a book. Write us a song about Sean. books. I like big I books and I cannot lie. Uh, so you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast, on Instagram at readingglassespodcast. And you can always follow along on our bookish adventures using the general hashtag readingglassespodcast. Thanks for listening and thanks, thanks for, for reading. reading. Why does the third of the three brothers who shares his food with the old woman in the wood go on to become king of the country? Why does Bond manage to disarm the nuclear bomb a few seconds before it goes off, rather than, as it were, a few seconds afterwards? Because a universe where that did not happen would be a dark and hostile place. Let there be goblin hordes, let there be terrible environmental threats, let there be giant mutated slugs if you really must, but let there also be hope. It may be a grim, thin hope, an Arthurian sword at sunset, but let us know that we do not live in vain. Terry Pratchett let there be dragons. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.